Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hello, everyone. Loaded Wednesday evening show tonight, Tom. Why don't you give us a rundown of the agenda for this evening? All right. We're going to talk a little bit of golf, talk about the U.S. Open, the Travelers Championship preview. We're going to talk a little bit about the ongoing NBA and NHL playoffs. Then we're going to get right into some football. we got some fancy quarterback rankings coming at you. And then our preview of the Mountain West. Indeed. And we're also going to pick one college football game that we have an early line on that we will preview this week and see if we have an angle on it. So that'll be right at the end of the podcast tonight. Yeah. Let's kick it off. Tom, tell us about what happened in the U.S. Open. John Rahm comes from behind and gets his first major win. Yeah. Um, he was kind of floating around two, three under throughout the course of the first two or three rounds. Yeah. Um, the favorite, the pre-tournament favorite. So the odds makers had that one right. And obviously that's not... That's not what we do here when we give predictions, though, you know, it was it was a nice storyline. He, he gets the memorial ripped from him two weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Goes into isolation, comes back out, and wins the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. And now the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines shows historically that the players that are playing the best, the best ball strikers in the world are the players who win at that event. So we definitely have a history there now with the, the way that Tiger Woods played when he was when he won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. And John Rahm, uh, he does the same here, uh, comes out victorious, and he's just playing tremendous golf right now, and he seems to have his emotions a little more in check than he, than he used to. Yeah. Uh, comes with age. He's a father now, too. Um, sometimes those things change people. Yeah, I think we got to talk about DeChambeau as well. Yeah, I mean... three holes, really bad. Yeah, he he played very well for 69 holes. Nice. And, uh, you know, he he had really a bit of an implosion. Yeah, four over on three holes in a row, like, just real bad. Tough, tough stuff. Uh, Really, overall, a great event. There was some some nice storylines going into Sunday. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, you could kind of see that... You didn't expect the, the leader through two rounds, Richard Bland, to kind of hang in at the top. It was going to sure. be tough. He was playing a different game than the long hitters play. He, you know, he, he had so much, so much longer in on most of his iron shots that it was going to be hard to sustain what he had early on in the event. And there were some some guys who Matt Wolf played very well the first two or three days. Um, you know, and, and as you, Russell Henley was the leader going into Sunday. So, you know. It was a diverse leaderboard at the top, but it also had plenty of star-studded action at the top. And, you know, that combination is what you're looking for in a major championship. And, and we got all of that and more. And honestly, finish. yeah, and John Rahm, he deserved to win. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard not to root for him as he's coming on there and knowing what happened to him a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, and, you know. Now the Arizona State guys are—they've uh, won two in a row here. So you have Mickelson uh, winning the uh, PGA Championship, John Rahm winning the uh, U.S. Open, and now we uh, we look forward. What are we about a month away from uh, the Open Championship? Yeah, I mean, again, this year is just crazy packed. We have the the Open Championships coming up. We also have Olympic golf is in what two months? Yeah, two months now. Um, just a lot going on here. And a nice little run here with the Travelers, the Rocket Mortgage, and the John Deere. Some very nice classic tournaments for these guys to play in. Yeah, the the Travelers at uh, TPC River Highlands, uh, an event that there's going to be low score shot here. You know, guys, guys are going to yeah. score well. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be – this is a place that uh, Bubba Watson's had a ton of success in the past, right? He's got two wins here, I think. Three. Three. Three wins here. Three dubs. And uh, he wasn't playing too bad early on in the U.S. Open either. So, you know, starting right off with my pick here, I, I'm going to throw Bubba Watson on my ticket at plus 4,500. How do you, how do you not here? Um, 
I'm showing Kevin right now that you guys can't see. He was the first one on my ticket as well. But I also put um, definitely for top 10. Yeah. Uh, plus 400 to get him in top 10. He's won it three times. Um, and like Kevin said, has been playing good. Uh, just a big, big pot of money on the top 10 finish for him. Yeah. Uh, there are some other names here, and, and you know, I'm going to go with Matthew Wolf here again this week. Seeing that resurgence, he looked like he was happy and enjoying the game again after taking a couple months away. Um, he, You didn't know what you were going to get out of him. He missed the fairway a lot this week and still managed to hang in until Sunday, uh, where I think he shot three over or so. And, you know, a top 20 finish in the U.S. Open after that long layoff, I think that he might have the fire back. And when Wolf is playing well, at plus 6,600, I'm going to put a piece on Matthew Wolf here. A um, couple things here as I look at it. Um, we have a short course. It's one of the shorter ones on, on uh, the tour here, just under 6,900 yards, and scores will be low. This is the course Jim Furyk shot 58 at. Um, so as I'm looking at it, uh, one of the things I've, I was reading is strokes gained. Is um, Approach is one of the biggest models for success on here. Um, Three out of the last six winners led the uh, led the weekend on strokes gained approach. So, looking at that, Emily, I'm gonna mess Emiliano, Emiliano Grillo leads in the last 24 rounds at plus 34, and he you can get him at plus 9,000. Yeah, great, great price tag for him here, um, and and a guy who plays pretty well. So, you know, now there are some other guys here. As I look down the board, there are good names throughout the, the field here. Um, surprisingly strong field to me with the, being the week after the U.S. Open. But you're talking about... This is a, this is a pretty, you know, the, this next three tournaments don't maybe have the uh, prestige of a U.S. Open. But we got some big pots coming up on these three yeah. staples of the PGA Tour. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to take a stab on somebody that's a little longer price here. Uh, maybe somebody who doesn't knock it out there as far. Uh, I don't think you need the distance here in a, in a shorter uh, venue. Um, I think that Kevin Kisner struggled, but I really, I really think that he's due to play well at some point here. And you can get him at plus 15,000. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just play a small play on Kevin Kisner as my long shot play of the week. Like it. I have uh, one short guy too, uh, Patrick Cantlay. He's at plus 1,800. Um, but this is a guy who... He's got to be like 6'1". Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, anywho. Uh, he leads the PGA Tour right now in uh, strokes gained on par fours. And this is, of course, with only two par fives uh, and two par threes. So there's there's some room. There's a lot of par fours. And if we're going to be playing a lot of them all weekend, give me the guy who's doing it the best. Yeah. Plus 1,800. Not a huge uh, shot, but recent win at the Memorial. Yeah, you know, good form. That's that's always important. Um, you know, I, Brian Harmon is plus twenty five hundred. Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, man, he plays. He, it, this type of course fits him really well, but that price is a little too short for me to to jump on. Uh, but I, I mean, I like the the concept there. And uh, you got anything else there, Tom? That you really like? Uh, there's one more, uh, Abraham Answer. Uh, when we were looking at the, so you have your strokes gained par four, Cantlay's number one, Abraham Answer's number two. Um, strokes gained ball striking, Abraham Answer's number four on tour. So when you're looking at some of the things that are predictors of this, including uh, doing very well on Pete Dye, uh, Pete Dye courses here, he actually leads the co the uh, tour. Uh, on strokes gained on Pete Dye courses alone. So a lot of information pointing towards him, and you can get him at plus 2,800. Yeah, uh, lots of good lots of good plays this week. I'm kind of excited to have this on on uh, Sunday afternoon and see how things shake out. Uh, wait a minute, yeah. I'll be playing in a charity golf tournament. I'm not sure I'll be able to watch. Yeah. Uh, whatever, swinging the sticks is better than watching other people do it. For sure. Onward and upward We're gonna with the podcast. Quick detour to baseball. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the sticky situation that they seem to be in in the MLB. So Kevin and I are big baseball fans. Um, we both have been watching this. You know, uh, Major League Baseball, for those who don't know, are cracking down on pitchers using substances to increase grip and uh, spin rate, and it already seems like it's had some effect. 
Um, spin rate has been down for the last few days already, so I'm trying to make it so these guys can stand a chance to hit the baseball. Yeah, um, and I, I don't mind it. Um, but <laughs> there, there are some issues in the way that they're enforcing it. I don't, yes. li- I do not like the multiple inspections being requested by managers thus far. I think that that's taking it too far. I yeah. think that, uh, you know, quite frankly, if a manager wants to ask to have a pitcher checked, he should be able to do it once a game, maybe. Yeah. Put it put it a limit on what they're doing out there. Uh, Girardi was having Scherzer checked repeatedly. Three times. Yeah. He and pitched five innings. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, I just don't think that – I think that that's kind of a head game that, that Girardi was playing. Yeah. And It's a Bush League know, move, man. It is. And uh, I'm not a big fan of that type of uh, – <laughs> How about the just the visual? We have the umpires running their hands through Scherzer's hair. Yeah. As he was complaining that Scherzer was going to his hair too much, taking his hat off, running his hands through his hair. So they had the umps put their hands through the man's hair on yeah. the mound. Very weird. It's just such an awkward thing. I mean, I get that we need to, they want to get it out of baseball, and I can be okay with that. I you know I'm not a big fan of cheating in any kind of form here, so I'm I'm okay with that. But. There's got to be a better way. You want to get something out of baseball? Get rid of the freaking shift. I hate it. Oh, here we go. I hate it. I hate it. I like it. It's stupid. You know what's stupid? That a guy who plays baseball his whole life can't hit it to the left. I understand this. (laughs) I I understand this. But nothing drives me nuts more than to see a hard hit ball up the middle go right at an infielder. (laughs) Right at the second or the third base. Yeah, the shortstop standing behind the second base bag. Yeah. Like that has been a hit through all of time in baseball. Sure, but and I, and now with these shifts, uh, the accentuation of these shifts, I, I just at some point somebody's either got to come along and uh, really accept slapping the single to the other way the entire time, yeah, and hit four fifty doing it. <laughs> Seriously, you know, like I don't I don't understand why you you see a game where it's like there's one out. And you're up to bat, and the third baseman is standing between the first baseman and the second baseman. Why are you not just dropping a bunt down the third baseline, saying, "Okay, I'll take my base. See ya." Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, but these guys don't practice bunting. They don't practice slapping it just to get on base. Uh, and they should. They should absolutely be taking advantage of opportunities there. There's a whole bunch of things in baseball that I'd like to see change, and uh, obviously the first one for me is that that shift i'm not a fan I, I just don't like it um the sticky stuff i don't mind this change yeah. as long as it's happening the correct way let's yeah. let's not overdo it here right but i also don't like the complaints that you're getting from the pitchers even leading up to the enforcement beginning because yeah. quite They're honestly whiny. it was never legal to begin with yeah. they were just looking the other way on it yeah and you don't have any right to complain about that, if you ask me. No, I agree. So, you know, doctoring baseballs has been illegal since the beginning of the game. Yeah, and you're hurting the league. I mean, we people complain that baseball's slow and there's not enough scoring. Well, this will help that. You know, these guys are going to be able to uh, see the baseball. They're not going to bite so hard on the sliders, and it's going to make it a more fair approach. I mean, I saw something the other day. They're talking about lowering the mound height because of they're striking out so many so often now. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see that as a reasonable option. There's a lot of other things that you can do. Oh yeah, you know, first of all, get rid of this this mental approach. I, yeah, you know, I've already gone off on this rant about the fact that that hitters believe that you know their exit velocity and those things become so important to them. Sure that they've lost track of just being a baseball player. Yeah. Ichiro Suzuki is amazing, and I doubt he got many over 105. Right, (laughs) right. I mean, if you're not smart enough to just hit it over, uh, you know, you've got a drawn-in right fielder, and you're not just going to take the shot to shoot it over his head and and accept the double because, you know, you want to have a higher exit velocity. Yeah. It, It doesn't make any sense. So it's not how baseball was meant to be played. And they've just they've tried to usher in this new era of of nonsense, and I hate it. <laughs> All right, let's talk basketball. Okay, we're down uh, in hockey and basketball. We're down to the final four. Start with the Western Conference Finals. The Suns are two up, 
on the Clippers, which means the Clippers have them right where they want them. You would think, but they're two up without Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, like, I mean, I know the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, but this has been a very interesting series to see which team has the better supporting cast, and quite clearly that's the Suns right now. What a finish to that game the other night. DeAndre Ayton with the, the you know, flush on the inbounds Wait, play. Oh, man, they're, they're calling it something now, too, and I forgot it. Jay Crowder made a great pass there. What a great – what a well-designed and executed play. The high yeah. screen, he comes downhill, perfect pass. 0.9 seconds on the clock here that we're executing yeah. this. Beautiful, beautiful awesome. stuff. Well, that's some good basketball right there. I'm I'm pulling for the Suns at this point. I want the Suns. Win the whole damn thing, will you? Yep, that's, that's what I'm rooting for at this point. Does so. Paul have a title? No. Oh, man, that's even – like I was just thinking about that. That's even. I did just read that he should be good for Game Three, which is nice to see. This is his first uh, Western Conference Finals. See, this is his first Conference Finals in his career. Unbelievable. Yeah, and he's playing so well at an advanced so age. I wonder if he walks off into the sunset. Huh. Get it? <laughs> um, Eastern Conference Final Game One, Bucks Hawks actually uh, on the TV as we speak. We're coming down to halftime here. Milwaukee holding a short lead. Yeah, and, you know, you've got Anadokounmpo, you know, he he's just... Good for you for just else. not saying Giannis. He went, we went for the whole thing. I know. Good for you. Yeah, took a, took a big swing. <laughs> Nailed it. 14.7 rebounds, 6 assists already in the game for Giannis. Unbelievable. And this is, I mean, you want to talk about good for the NBA? You have the young player and Devin Booker playing amazing for the Suns. You have Trey Young, can't stand him, but he's a very good player for the Hawks. And you have Giannis for the Bucks. They got some young guns in the finals here. And the odds are we're going to see some young guns in the NBA finals, Some, some definitely some new blood. And uh, the NBA could not have, have got it at a, at a better time for them as some of these guys are getting up there. And this game is, you know, they're trading threes going back and forth right now as we head towards halftime. And it's a, it's a fun game right now. So um, How about McMillan, though? Takes over a bad team and just, that was playing so poorly, and now he's got them in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you know they're they're giving fits to everyone they play. So yeah, unbelievable. And I, I was, good for him, you know, because yeah. the reason that he lost his last job was a lack of success in the playoffs. Uh, so now to see this run that he's having is uh, it's nice to see. And I like him as a coach. He he's we talked about this before he's just so level he, he's he, very level he gets angry for a moment and it's over and he's he, he's it's onward back to bu- back to business guys yeah nhl playoffs are a little uh, further along as usual yeah um the montreal canadians 3-1 over the golden knights yeah and uh a bit of a surprise to most yeah they've uh they were the last team in the playoffs, and they've ridden a hot goaltender and a, and a hot streak here to a 3-1 lead in the Western Conference Finals. Interesting year, obviously, because it's not really the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. It's just they normally are an Eastern Conference team, and now they're going to potentially be playing for the Stanley Cup against another Eastern Conference team. Uh, Lightning and Islanders are playing as we speak with the, the Lightning leading the series 3-2. to two. Um, let's get a quick check on that score, Tom. Yeah, I think the Lightning were up one nothing last I saw. Let's get a quick update. Status update. Yep, still one nothing halfway through the second period. So, um, you know, ho- hockey playoffs are a lot of fun. I'm hoping the Islanders pull this out just so I can have a nice game seven to watch Friday evening after I settle in. Yeah, you know, the, the whole game seven thing is always nice in hockey. Uh, there's probably not a more exciting uh game one game situation in all of sports especially if you get to like the the third period and it's a one goal game or or tied it is crazy yeah each each trip down the ice is insane yeah so lots of lots of fun stuff um it's it's a great time of year right now really you know it's not quite my favorite you know there there's no football really great golf going on though and I just I, I love the finals here of hockey and baseball's getting close to the uh, midsummer classic, which is always fun. Just saw that Pete Alonso says he's going to go and defend his title in the Derby, which makes that more. I think it's more fun when the champion returns, um, if for nothing else, to defend the title. Let's see it. Yeah. Hear a cold one being cracked in the background. 
Oh boy, it's about to get lit. Things are getting rowdy in here. It's not even us. All right. Then we're, <laughs> next, we're going to do some fantasy quarterbacks. I can't remember if we said 10 or 15. T- I, we're going to do 10. We originally said 15. But yeah, I did 15. Yeah. Because I couldn't remember. So I was like, I'm going to do it all. Well, for the first time in your life, I'll call you an overachiever. Ah. Oh. Do we start at 10 or 1? 10. 10. Let's, uh, let's work halfway through our list, and then we'll take a break. We'll come okay. back with our top fives. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, why don't you kick us off with your number 10? I'm flopping, too, just so I can get this guy on the list because he's number 11 for me. Okay. Number 10 now, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' baseline of rushing is going to be crazy for fantasy. That, you know, it plays a major factor in the game now. In fantasy, it's huge. There's so many guys that can take off and run. Now the gamble, will he play 17 games? Right. Will he play 17 games? How good are his receivers really going to yeah. be? Um, you know, you're counting on Rager and Devontae Smith. You don't know if Zach Ertz is still going to be on the roster. So you got Dallas Goddard there. Um, so there are certainly question marks around yeah. what that group is going to look like that he's going to have to throw to and whether he's an NFL passer or not. Yep. But he was on pace for like 900 yards in a 16 game season rushing yeah. the ball. So if you can get that out of a quarterback. Pretty much anything else over that's gravy. In a 12-team league, if you can have Hertz as your second quarterback, oh yeah, that's a, a very nice option to have because there's high upside, yeah, huge ceiling. This is a this is a guy that has he has a he, low floor, high risk, um, but a huge upside too. But I also think the the baseline of rushing pulls that floor up more than than some of your me- in general. And, and again, he's in the middle here. You know, he's not going to be one of the better options because of a. Uh, you know, his ceiling's kind of limited based on his throwing ability. But if you're talking to me about Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts, give me the guy I know who's going to be able to rush the ball all over the place and make those big plays. 220 yards and two touchdowns does not get you a ton of fantasy wins. Yeah. I'm going to go. Gets you a lot of NFL wins. But <laughs> I'm going to go with a second-year quarterback, too, here at number 10. Who you got? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm going to take a shot here on Joe Burrow. This is this is where I think you can you can look for somebody with big upside, and I think Joe yep. Burrow has that big upside. I think the addition of Jamar Chase to that to that wide receiver room makes a huge difference with this group. Um, you know, I like Tyler Boyd already there uh, in Cincinnati. Yep. So I think that there, Joe Mixon is a great checkdown option. He's Love a three Joe down Mixon. back. You know, that this is a guy that can. Uh, help that offense move forward. Let's hope that the additions they've made on the offensive line can help um, <laughs> keep him protect, alive. Yeah, yeah, keep Burrow upright. You're counting on ACL a return from an ACL injury, but honestly, the ACL injuries in, in modern football, uh, the recovery time is, is pretty, pretty rapid. Especially to a quarterback who's not known for running. Like, yeah. He'll scramble I mean, he if uses, it's available. He uses his yeah. feet, and, and he's uh, he'll have a sneaky amount of rushing yards. Yeah. But I, I like his upside here. And uh, I think there's a potential for him to sneak in here as a top 10 quarterback. So um, at at number 10, it's Joe Burrow for me. At number nine, I have Justin Herbert. Oh, man, so do I. Do you? Kissing cousins over here. Yeah, (laughs) I was just going to – I was waiting. I was like, oh, number nine, I have a second-year quarterback again. Yeah, Yeah, Justin Herbert, take it away. Yeah, lots of lots of tools, lots of weapons to work with, um, and you know the the big thing here is they they tried to tighten up the offensive line in front of him. He yeah. he was he was hit knocked around plenty last year, but he was the number one rated quarterback in the NFL at passes under pressure, yeah. um, which is a uh, it, you know very impressive stat for a guy who was a rookie last year. It shows the tools that he has. He has the potential to be even higher on this list. Um, my concern is you know is there a, a second year regression, which sometimes happens with guys. Yeah. You know, you'll see people take a step back in their second season. I don't I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case here with Herbert. That's why he lands in the top ten. And uh, I, I think this is a, about the right spot for him right now. So, again, nine for me was Herbert. Um, I have eight. I have Tom Brady. Uh, this guy has so many weapons to throw to. I know he'll get zero rushing yards and all that stuff. But he has a ton of weapons in Tampa Bay to throw it around to. And he does not seem like he's slowing. If anything, if you take his last eight games of the season last year, including the playoffs, and kind of project that out, he may even sneak into the top five for fantasy this year. Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh, totally a possibility 
Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're just running it back with that group. Um, you know, at number eight for me, uh, this is this is where I'm going to put Russell Wilson. Tell me you didn't. I have Russell Wilson at seven, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson at eight. I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid quarterback that always has to run for his life. Um, I like his weapons in oh, yeah. Seattle. Um, I like some of the additions they've made there. Just it seems like so often you, you can get duds out of Russell Wilson from time to time. Um, you know, and, and I think there are other guys that I'm going to project a little higher this year. So, you know, there are a few players that have certainly jumped up over the last two yeah. seasons. Um, there, I mean, I have three three guys ahead of him here that are, uh, you know, a bit younger guys that are they're always up here near the top of the, the standings every week. So Yeah, um, I think Russell Wilson, you know, as, as I have him at seven as well, or you had me, I have seven. I think that, he, you know, like you said, he does have some of those weeks where he just it, the offense doesn't show up. I think that because of the way their offense plays, it's a lot of running the ball, some play action. Then the, they they rely on those deep throws going through, and even sometimes when they're successful, their success is a pass interference, and he gets nothing for that. So you know, I, and he doesn't run as much as he used to, right? And, you know, which is good, stay in the pocket, son. Um, but I just, you know, I, I have him at seven. There's there's just some guys I feel more comfortable with over and over. Can I say as a disclaimer here that I've removed Aaron Rodgers from my top 10 because of the concerns about what's going to happen? I did not remove Aaron Rodgers, but I did remove Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's also removed for me. So if Aaron Rodgers were a certain thing to continue his career in Green Bay, um, I just don't know what's going to happen. I, he, may, he, he may retire. He's, he's More than likely, he's, he's going play. to play. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned about his commitment to this organization. There, there's a lot of uh, a lot of issues there, and uh, so I took him off my board here for my top ten. So he won't be on my board when it's time for fantasy drafts for all you that play against me. Yeah, um, who knows? We might get more info by then. Yeah, what am I at? Number seven now. Yeah, you're seven, sir. M- my number seven is Matt Stafford with the Ooh. L.A. Rams. Uh, I think that uh, the change of scenery is great for him. I think the offensive line will protect him better in L.A. than he's been protected in a long time. I think that you're looking at a guy who's going to pass for between 4,500 and 5,000 yards this year should he stay healthy. I think that Cam Akers is a a good, solid running back on the come up. And uh, I think that the wide receiver group is as strong of a group that he's had anywhere. Not to mention Mm -hmm. putting him with Sean McVay. Come on, he had Megatron. A group, not, not a player, a group. I think overall you've got you've got a really solid receiver room there, uh, one through four, uh, a good solid receiver room. So as we as we kind of go through uh, the season, I think that you can expect him to have a lot of success. I think that he plays against some teams that aren't that great in the secondary. Uh, that's the big concern for me with uh, with the other teams in the NFC West. I think the 49ers have secondary questions. I think the Seahawks have some questions in the secondary. And uh, the Cardinals, uh, they're, they have questions in the secondary. You know, you've got, you've got a situation where I think he's poised to have his best season since the year that he threw for over 5,000 yards. Yeah, also a great um, prop bet to put MVP money on Matt Stafford. If it works out the way it's drawn up, he is a dark horse MVP candidate. That team should be really good. And if you're a good quarterback on a good team, you got a shot. You got a shot at the money, son. And uh, number six for me, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Uh, coming off an injury, you know, that's the, the only reason that he's not in the top five. But his rehab stuff looks good. And his weapons are maybe the best in the NFL when it comes to uh, a wide receiver group as a whole. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup, the, those options are insane, and well, fun. And you've got a running game where people can't; they have to they have to commit extra guys to the. And Zeke catches the ball very yep, well. Yep. So I expect a solid season out of Dak Prescott, and I've placed him at number six on my list. Number six is where I have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he plays. I think he plays for Green Bay. I think he has the full season. Um, I think this is a lot of whining. Uh, 
he'll get he'll get there. You know, he just doesn't want to go to mini camps and whatnot. So I think we'll see him there. But you know, stay tuned if something comes out and you know it seems less likely he'll play. Obviously, we got to shuffle our boards around and rethink everybody on the Packers team. Honestly, yeah, no question. Oh, think about this. Just think about the NFC North as a whole. If Aaron Rodgers says I'm not playing. That division becomes crazy. And the Minnesota Vikings are the odds-on favorite yeah. to win the division at that point. Yeah, that you would you would think because I don't like the Bears' odds with Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. Right. I don't like the Lions' terrible, brand new starting team with Jared Goff. Right. Like, woof. Yeah, I think that without Aaron Rodgers, that that division becomes odds-on for the Vikings. Yeah. Um. Go ahead, Tom. That, that was my six. You Go ahead with six. five. Oh, okay, five. Five, I have Lamar Jackson. Um, again, I think his running ability um, puts him way up and keeps his floor way high. And then still, I mean, I get he's not the prettiest of passer, but he is very effective with his passing game to tight ends, a lot of touchdowns from those guys, and some more weapons on offense here. I mean, they've added to the wide receiver room there to try to get him more options on on uh, some of those longer throws. so Yeah, absolutely. So at number five for me, I have uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I think that the second year with this group, after they were able to work out the kinks uh, year yeah. one, they obviously hit their stride late, and the talent running it back with everyone. I, I think that Tom Brady is poised to have a really big season at age 43 or 44 or whatever he Which is. Which is just gross. Yeah. Um, number four for me, this is where I have Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray is a very talented guy, um, lots of weapons and, and people to throw to. Uh, I'm listen. I've been pretty vocal about my disdain for Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. Um, you've replaced one old guy with another in that wide receiver group, um, but you've still got Hopkins. Um, you've still got Christian Kirk. You know, there, there's plenty there yeah. for him. I just don't necessarily see a big step forward coming for him on the offensive side of the ball. I, I just don't. I'm, I'm not seeing it. Um, but he's still he's still a top five quarterback. Yeah, for for fantasy for sure. For fantasy, and I have him at number four as well. And I, I think he runs the ball a lot. He's very good at it. Um, he likes to throw the long ones, and I think you'll see them still be in a lot of games where they got to score a lot of points. Yeah. So give me those late, you know, those late rallies where. Everyone's dropping back, and he's able just to run for 10, 11 yards a pop and get out of yep. bounds and all that fun stuff. Yep. My three? Yep, go ahead. This is where I have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was on pace to throw for 6,000 yards last year before he got hurt. Yeah. six 6,000 yards. That would have been a record. Um, I don't see any reason why he doesn't come right back in and just start chucking the ball around. The defense is not great. They're going to allow some points. He's going to have to score some. And with all those weapons, it's hard to imagine him not putting up big numbers. And with that, we're going to take a quick break as we've gone past our bottom five. And uh, we're going to save our top two for Tom. Actually, I'll give my my number yeah, three, three here so that here. we both have uh, two to go. Um, at number three, I have Josh Allen. Um, this is a situation where I would actually, I would actually put Josh Allen higher – if there weren't for some questions or, or, you know, the strength of schedule is going to be tougher this year, they're going to play first place opponents. Um, there are some questions surrounding Cole Beasley and, and, you know, whether that's going to create an issue here. And, and if he's going to, I, I'm not sure how he's going to respond to um, his position on, on the vaccine and the players union and, you know, all of the stuff that's going on. I think that's a bit of a distraction right now in Buffalo um, I imagine that their coaching staff is, is it's good enough and they do a great job there of staying focused on what the task is at hand. They don't expect a major issue there. I don't see any regression coming with Allen, but I also don't know. I think he's reached his ceiling at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think this is kind of that's who he's going to be over the next several years of his career. And being the third fantasy quarterback, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing, no shame in that. So, so it, would, it would be a drop for him. Yeah. Well, he was what second last year? Num number one in in most formats. Yeah. yeah. So I have him at number three this year, and uh, I think it's a good place for him. So uh, we'll be right back after a, a brief break 
to wrap up our top two fantasy quarterbacks and our Mountain West preview. So hang with us. Are you a business owner looking to ramp up your online presence, websites, social media, video, and more? Lion Global can either do it for you, show you how to do it yourself by doing it with you, or completely run your entire online footprint. And we guarantee a 200% ROI or you don't pay us to help you. Get a free 30-minute strategy session to increase your business's revenue at lionglobal.com. That's lionglobal.com. We are back, and we have just a, a brief amount of show remaining here as we have our top two fantasy quarterbacks and our Mountain West preview, Tom. That we do. Jump right in for me with number two. Number two is where I have Josh Allen falling. Um, number one fantasy quarterback last year. Uh, seems like they've really kind of opened him up and the playbook up to work the best way for him. Deep posts, a lot of shots, a lot of wide open wide receivers that allow him and his questionable accuracy to excel still. Um, they went out and got wide receivers who can get open, and uh, he's done well with it. So um, we'll keep an eye, and, you know, you had brought up Cole Beasley. If, if that becomes a thing where he doesn't end up playing, obviously that's going to hurt him because he looks for him a lot. He's basically the blanket tight end, you know, the safety blanket kind of tight end for him um, since they don't really have one that he can depend on. Um, so that's why I have it number two. All right. Number two for me is Lamar Jackson. Uh, a bit of inconsistency with Lamar Jackson historically, but this is the best wide receiver room that he's had. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown, uh, the drafting of Rashad Bateman. I think this is the best receiving group that he's had. Mark Andrews is a, a very good tight end. So for me, I think that this is an opportunity for Lamar to step forward and show a little more consistency on a fantasy uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think that his floor has been raised because of the additions that they have in that wide receiver group this year. Um, and that's why he falls at number two for me. And number one is Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Um, continuing to, you know, perform at a very high level. I think his motivation will be unquestioned uh, going into this year following the Super Bowl defeat. I think this is an opportunity for them. You know, maybe there was a little bit of a victory lap last year. And um, I mean, they still made it to the Super Bowl. So they did. They did. Um, if they don't have a banged up offensive line, it could be different, too. So, yeah. Um, but I, I do agree. I think that they're going to not take some of these games early for granted and really try to lay it on somebody. I know he was he's already talked about going 20 and 0. Yeah. That's something he he's saying they could be the first team to ever go 20 and 0. And, you know, I can see it. You know, I don't know if it's feasible, but I can see the motivation. Favored. Yeah. The, the motivation is, is going to be there. Yep. Um, I think that sometimes the Super Bowl loss for a team that's going to continue to be uh, loaded with talent. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for Mahomes to have probably his best statistical season, and that's why I have him yeah. at number one. All right. College football fans, it's time for our Mountain West season preview. And, um, you know, I, I say we kick this thing right off with the defending Mountain West champions, the San Jose State Spartans. Uh, head coach Brent Brennan guides them to 7-0 and in the regular season. And uh, they, they suffer a bowl defeat to a MAC team, which, you know, was a bit concerning. Uh, but this is going to be a, a very good team uh, returning their, their starting quarterback, Nick Starkle. Um, he's a, a super senior taking advantage of the extra year of eligibility. And, uh, you know, though they're going to have a, a great offense again. And uh, I love what they've done. You know, what, what are the big issues? You know, they, they lost a couple of really good wide receivers um, that they're going to be missing now in uh, Bailey Gaither and uh, Trey Walker. They transferred in Charles Ross, uh, running back Kenyon Sims. So I, I think that they're going to be all right on the offensive side. Um, Isaiah Hamilton and Derek Deese are both uh, really good players um, uh, that are going to be weapons for Nick Starkle. I don't know that I can project them to, to win the conference again. Um, but I think they're still going to have a very a very good solid season. I think Brent Brennan is uh, not long for coaching a Mountain West team. He'll uh, he'll be getting opportunities to go elsewhere uh, with another good season here. Yeah, I mean the, their offense is exciting. They got the quarterback; they know can run it. But all eleven starters are back on defense as well. So the combination of the two, 
Um, when you put in the three or four teams that you expect to be in the mix for this, they are definitely up there. Um, this should be fun. Some fun games early on for them. They get to go to USC to play in week two, it looks like. Um, so that should be fun to kind of, yeah. you know, the, some of the, the luster of last year or, or was lost when we missed some of these, you know, some of these Mac schools playing the big schools and Mountain West going up against some of the big guys. We, we missed out on a lot of that. Right. So it'll be fun to see some of these guys and how they um, handle the bigger opponents. Yeah. So um, speaking of bigger opponents, uh, the team that's really controlled the Mountain West for a number of years now. Let's talk about the Boise State Broncos. Uh, we've got a head coaching change. Brian Harson has gone to my beloved Auburn Tigers as the head coach. And Andy Avalos, who is the defensive coordinator at Oregon, he's a Boise State alum. Uh, he's going to take over and um, you know look to maintain the, the success that that program has had historically. Uh, what have you seen as you look through Boise State this year, Tom? Well, one of the things that jumped out is they had, I think I have it here, 11 seasons in a row of 1,000-yard rushers snapped. Yeah, 11 straight seasons with a 1,000-yard rusher snapped last year, a combination of shorter season, obviously. Uh, but their number one rusher, George Halani, uh, got hurt early on and didn't come back. So uh, he's back, and the, the, you would expect their offensive line to uh, be able to keep him going. And they have some fun wide receivers. Khalil Shakir um, should be a lot of fun to see him go through the whole season. Yeah. Their quarterback. It's a question mark. Jack Sears or Hank Bachmeyer yeah. could be playing quarterback. Bachmeyer's one of these ones who's like, he's good at like managing the game, making yeah. plays that are there, but he doesn't do anything extra. Right. And Sears. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, played a little bit at USC last year. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who wins that coming out. Yeah. But I, I feel like they at least have the the baseline of Bachmeyer if Sears doesn't, you know, overly impress. Right. And on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Avalos coming back. You know, he's a defensive guy. You can expect them yeah. to be focused on uh, tightening up what uh, a defense that allowed 27.1 points per game last year, um, which is the highest it's been in a long time. Um, they, they're returning almost everyone um, yeah. from that group. Uh, they've got a good edge rusher in Dimitri Washington. Um, you know, he had a season-ending knee injury last year that, that cost him. So his return is going to be a big deal for them. Uh, this is, you know, I expect them to step back up defensively, and, and I think they're going to be competing for the division again. Yeah. Um, you know, they just they just get a lot of talent in that in that school. Yeah, I so. mean, they're were, they were 5-0 and in the Mountain West last year, so uh. – Nothing that they're really intimidated with, uh, and in conference play they have some good out out of conference games. Um, UCF just to start the season, Oak State. Um, yeah, some again some some fun games to kind of measure themselves against other teams. Absolutely, and they they always do that. You know, they test themselves, which yes. you, you've got to respect that for sure. That first game at UCF is kind of fun. Yeah, UCF has been really good. It should be interesting to see them go up against Gus Malzahn's UCF now. Yeah, yeah. be very interesting to watch that. So. Um, let's move on to the team that I think is going to win uh, the division this year, potentially win the conference, um, the Nevada Wolfpack. Yeah. Um, you know, the group from Reno led by Jay Norvell. Um, you know, they've had three consecutive winning se seasons. Um, and, you know, the big deal here is Carson Strong. This guy is, uh, in my mind, he could be a top 10 or 15 quarterback in all of college football. Um, he, he has all the requisite skills that you're looking for a cannon for an arm yeah 27 and touchdowns only four picks in a short year yeah um this is going a lot of to fun be, this is going to be a tough offense to deal with um and you know they're they're running back it toa tawa and you gotta love a tough samoan kid i hope he's samoan uh you know i would hate to mess that up but he certainly is a, a tough little wrecking ball. He, he's uh, kind of squatty um, and powerful and fun to watch. So um, I, I love what they do on the offensive side of the ball. They gave up 20 sacks last year. They need to tighten that up a little bit because 20 sacks in a shortened season was, was a little bit too much. Right. If they can shore up that offensive line a little bit, I think you're looking at a team that's going to be really fun to watch. And this could be the group that goes undefeated out of the Mountain West this year. Yeah, they got a big showdown. They have to go to Boise State, um, which will be tough, but they do get San Jose State at home. So 
out of, you know, these are the three teams that are kind of the uh, top of the Mountain West this year as we get into it. Um, And they they do get to play each other, so it should be a lot of fun to kind of sort that out. No doubt about it. Um, Where do you want to go next, Tom? Should we go to – how about we go to Air Force? Okay. I like to to talk about the Falcons. Um, They finished 3-3 and last year. Um, You know, it's a team that – they didn't get the benefit of, of uh, you know, full off season. Um, yeah. You know, th- I think that this is a team. The question mark really is, are they going to have that explosive quarterback? Zeke Daniels right now is the guy that uh, they're tabbing as the starting quarterback. Um, they've got a really good tight end in Kyle Patterson. Um, Brad Roberts is a good tailback. If they can figure out who's going to handle the ball in the backfield with that option attack offense, um, I think that defensively, that's where this team makes its, its bread and butter right now. They had a rough time. I was just reading the um, 10 out of 11 starters on defense opted out for COVID last season. They expect to all be back. Um, it's hard to replace that at a short, you know, they, they don't have practices really um, last season, and they just had to go at it and kind of figure the defense out. But bringing 10 of them back. One only one team scored more than 17 points against Air Force last season, and that was Boise State. That's it's crazy. That that is a crazy statistic. Yeah. So you know when you when you take a look at that, it's like, wow, that that is a crazy crazy performance and, by that defense. And they ended the year with that weird game against Army. They lost 10 to seven. Had yeah. a lot of chances in that game to really put Army down, but just you know. Some of those rivalry games can be interesting. If Air Force can get the offense going, and I, I have a feeling that they will, I think that this is a group that can contend with that top three. Yeah, uh, they can make it tough on them. So the, those are the that that's the the kind of my sleeper team in the Mountain West this year that could make a run at things. Yeah. Um, what do you like next, Tom? Let's do Colorado State. Okay, Steve Adazio's group. Coming back for his second season, the first season, obviously, they only played four games, I think, right? They went one and three, I think, under Adazio. Yeah, one, one and three last year. My favorite thing about this group, they added David Bailey, um, who's going to take over at running back. Uh, he was a Boston College player that Adazio recruited when he was there. Um, he made the transfer out to Colorado State. I think that this is uh, going to make a big difference for them. He's a, he's a, a really good running back. Um, at quarterback... Uh, that's where you know the question marks kind of come in. You know what are they what are they really going to do at that position? They didn't have uh, a great performance in the quarterback room last year. They they received transfer Jonah O'Brien. Don't really know you know kind of who's gonna who's gonna run the run the deal there. You know Todd Santayo played quarterback there, but he was not good in his yeah. four games. So do they have someone that can that can you know, manage the game from... Yeah, and then game managing is probably what they're looking for because their defense is very stout. Um, they're bringing back um, that's, that's three starters on defense are back, defensive line are back, and all their linebackers are back. Um, and, you know, again, not a big sample size last year, um, but they put up decent numbers on yards per play, but they were out there a lot. Yeah. A lot of the time because of the struggles on offense. Um, I think this is a team that will probably... Win a couple games, maybe surprise one of the one of the better teams. Maybe if they can get force a few turnovers and, and one of the bigger games they have, um, middle of the pack in the in the Mountain West, I would imagine. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Fresno State, Tom. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's team there. It, it's going to be uh, they've got Ronnie Rivers, who's a, a really good all around running back. He can catch the ball. He can he can run it. Um, Jake Hayner is uh, going to be the quarterback. So they're returning a lot on an offense that is going to have, you know, the benefit of a full off season, and I think they're going to they're going to score plenty of points, right? This is a team that's going to be in shootouts and going to be fun to watch. So the defense struggled a bit last year; they gave up over six yards per play, um, but they do get nine starters back. So that's you know, yeah, that's where they've got to fix things. And uh, another team that really had some COVID issues. From March 12th until September 25th, they had no team meetings. Right. Not even a team meeting, and then all of a sudden you're playing games. Um, yeah. So, and then two of their games are canceled at the end of the season. It, it, it's a tough, tough way to get started. So. Yeah. Um, 
let's move on to San Diego State and Brady Hoke's group. Um, finished four and four last year. Um, you know, the thing that San Diego State has been known for has been, you know, running the ball, kind of a pro style offense and great defense. You know, that that Rocky Long defense. Um, we'll get back to Rocky Long in a little while here. Um, but Brady Hoke kind of running this group, and he's got, um, you know, a pretty good group. You know, Greg Bell, Chance Bell, Jordan Bird, and uh, Kagan Williams all returning. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna run the ball, and that's going to kind of be the staple of their offense. That's what you can expect. So um, they're going to need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. And, um, you know, Jalen Maiden is expected to be the quarterback. He's a transfer I don't know a whole lot about him, Tom, no. um, but he's uh, he's going to take the reins at quarterback. It seems. I think defensively, it, it they're still going to be great up front. They're they're still a very good defensive team. Uh, they're still going to continue to be tough. You're going to play the lower scoring, tougher game. It's going to be fun to watch because in this conference you have the you have teams that are either great offensively or great defensively with a lot of these groups, right? Yeah. So you've got Fresno State, who's really good offensively, not that good defensively. And now you get to uh, San Diego State, who's really good defensively, not so good offensively. Yeah. Try to shorten the game with their yeah. running game. So you get some some really interesting matchups if you like late-night football. Oh, yeah. Who to, who, where to next, Tom? Should we – let's go to the island. Oh, the Rainbow Warriors? Yeah, Coach Todd Graham uh, steps in. They went 5-4 and four last year. Um, you know, that was in his uh, first season there. Um, I think that it's going to, they've got that, uh, Shaven Cordero. Um, he's, he's a really good quarterback, right? And Calvin, yeah. Calvin Turner is a great weapon. Um, you know, offensively, they're going to continue to be explosive. And, uh, I think it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to watch this group as Todd Graham gets his feet under him for a full season. Yeah. They, they've struggled mightily stopping the rush. Uh, 211 yards rushing they allowed per game. I mean, does not take much to improve on that number. Yeah. Um, and really help that uh, the rest they of that no team They don't pass rush oh, either. Goodness, yeah. They, they, they need to figure out their the defensive side of the ball, um, or you're going to run into the same kind of situation where you're going to have to try to keep up with some of these teams. And I'm not quite sure that they have the firepower to do it with some of these other teams. Yeah. Um, so – I, you'll be able to watch some very exciting high-scoring games for Hawaii, I imagine. Like, Hawaii, I don't know when Hawaii and Fresno State play, but I sure would like to uh, to kind of see what that – are they playing each other this year? Yep, October 2nd Octo in, in Hawaii. October 2nd in Hawaii. Um, I, I take the over. <laughs> next, uh, who do we have next here, Tom? You want to go to New Mexico? Sure. I mean, Let's, I don't really want to go there, but we can talk about them. I, I'm kind of into it. I, I don't. I like that whole Southwest desert life. You're too fair-skinned for such things. That's fair. <laughs> That's why Jesus invented sunscreen. Thank you. New Mexico. Uh, Danny Gonzalez. Uh, in his second year with the program, Danny Gonzalez has Rocky Long as his defensive coordinator, who stepped down as a head coach, said he didn't want to deal with the headaches of being a head coach anymore and went back to New Mexico where he formerly led this squad uh, to try and put this defense back together. Uh, the defense has not been great, right? Right. Um, but Rocky Long and Danny Gonzalez are great defensive minds, and I think they're going to get this right with a full off season here. I expect a big jump in the defensive performance of this team. Yeah, they, so, they let up a lot of big um, passes down the field. I remember reading it, um, getting for prep, like, can't remember the number, but they were in the top or bottom 10 and passes over 30 yards allowed, things like that. So uh, can't do that and be successful. How about Fixable. their new quarterback transfer from Kentucky? SEC fans, you'll get to watch Terry Wilson play his final season, now quarterbacking the Lobos. And I think that that is a really fun fit there for them and should make that team much better. I'm excited to see how he kind of acclimates to playing against Mountain West teams as opposed to playing against uh, SEC teams week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, they definitely struggled on both sides of the ball, so anything they can do on either yeah, be helpful. 
Absolutely. Now, uh, Utah State. We've got, uh, this is where Blake Anderson landed. He left Arkansas State to come to Utah State, and he brought with him a bunch of players from Arkansas State. Um, you know, the question is, can Logan Bonner taking over as quarterback, you know, make a big improvement for this team? They were really, really bad last year. Gary Anderson's group was terrible. So th they were not fun to watch. It was it was brutal to watch them play football. They've got a lot of steps that they need to take forward. You know, they finished 11th in the Mountain West in pass defense last year. Wolf. Yeah. Um, they gave up 35.2 points per game and 6.6 .6 yards per play last year. Yeah. This is a team that finished dead last in offense and dead last in defense and yards per game in the Mountain West. No, Just not good. Yeah. Blake Anderson's a good football coach. He, he is he really is a good football coach. It might take a little time to rebuild what they have there in Utah State. Uh, the final team that we're going to talk about tonight. Wyoming? Did we do oh, Wyoming? we didn't do Wyoming. We've got to go Wyoming back to yet. Wyoming. We've got two teams left. I don't know how I skipped over Wyoming like that. Uh, Craig Bowles group. Um, he's got, you know, he returns Xavier uh, Valaday there. Um, Valaday's a, a really good running back. I don't know yes. if you've had a chance to watch much of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, but it's my quarterback's alma mater. Come yeah. On. Uh, Trey Smith is another one uh, that's really good. So, you know, the question is, is Levi Williams going to play quarterback or is it going to be, I think it's Sean Chambers, right, is the guy that's competing with him. Um, it, their quarterback play was terrible last year. Yeah, 49% completions, right? Yeah. Not good. Uh, one touchdown. One passing touchdown. It's tough to do. Yeah. So, you know, you have six games. Might, might get stumbling into a couple. Bad. bad. <laughs> but they do run the ball very well. Um, I have confidence that they're going to be able to fix the offense a little. Just a little. You know, they run the ball very well. If they can find anything on the in the, in the passing game, their defense is filthy. You know, the, the defense is very, very good. This is another one of those teams that uh, – is really good on one side of the ball, and it's the defensive side of the ball. They bring back nine starters. Um, teams average 21 points a game and 4.9 yards per play. That's really good. Um, yeah, I mean, they ranked top 30 in 10 different defensive categories, 16th overall in, in all of college football. So a very stout defense that's bringing a lot of them back. With that, the way they run the ball, where they play defense, they're going to be in a lot of these games down the stretch if they can get some quarterback play. Do you know that Laramie, Wyoming, is where games are played at the highest altitude in the entire nation? I did not know that. That is that is a fact. I do know from someone that it's super windy there all the time. Yeah. So, uh, tough, sneaky, tough place to play. Uh, the final team on the docket tonight. Let's go to Las Vegas, Tom. Let's. I, mean, I love Las Vegas. Let's go now. UNLV stinks, though. <laughs> I do like Marcus Arroyo. He's done a great job with some of his recruiting. Um, he's had some really good recruits that he's been able to add. Um, they've got Charles Williams, who's a, a, a solid running back. Um, Javon Wilson is a transfer from Oregon. He's going to join the group. Um, the thing is, they didn't know who was going to play quarterback. Um, Justin Rogers, Doug Brumfeld, Cameron Friel, all trying to get the starting job. Yeah, they got a lot of they got a mess. I mean, they were zero and six last year. Not not only were they zero and six, they weren't close in right. any of these games. Uh, just you know, the closest what thirteen points was the closest they were to a yeah. win. That's it's not going to get her done. Yeah. So, I think that uh, they really need to improve on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up thirty eight points a game and seven point two <laughs> yards per play last year. Yeah, it's it's tough. They've got to fix it. But the recruiting is getting better. They're adding good quality recruits to this program. It's just going to take some time, and I don't know if they're going if Arroyo's going to have a lot of time if they continue to go winless. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to. It'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback. They the freshman Brumfield there. He's he's big. Yeah, I think this is like six four. Uh, got a big arm, so I, I kind of, you know, if all things being equal. Why not let the young kid go and see what you can get? I mean, there's zero expectations for them. Imagine averaging 17 points a game and giving up 38 or 39 points a game. Yeah, it's rough. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. But I hope that they get better. I, I Nowhere I to go but up, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to, like, 
these are teams that I like to bet they're over on the season win total because expectations are so low. They come it's up such a, a bad season. It's one and a half. You might be in trouble. I know. That's <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, one, you're looking at a push. One and a half, got to find two wins on the schedule somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast tonight, folks. A um, lot, uh, lot of really good stuff tonight, I think. Uh, enjoy doing the Mountain West preview. We covered a lot of different areas here. Uh, next week, we're going to have our top 20 fantasy running backs, obviously oh, a position yeah. group where you want to go a little deeper here. Yes. Um, the Rocket Mortgage preview next week. And we're going to do a, a conference that is near and dear to our heart. Yes. I'm we're, In fact, I'm wearing a UB Bulls hat right now. Facts. So we're going to talk about the MAC next week. And unfortunately, I don't think that the prospects are great for UB going into this season. No, but I can't wait. I know. I'm excited. So uh, maybe we can go watch a UB Coastal game. That's. I think that's happening. Yeah. It's on my docket. Yeah. As long as I don't have to coach a youth football game that night, I'll be there. All right. All right, everybody. Until uh, next week. Excited to see you next week. Later.